everybody and welcome. You're listening to CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is Dominic Demeester. Unfortunately, my colleague, William Power, he's on vacation. Let's open with the NHL playoffs. Yes, it is done. The Colorado Avalanche take down the Tampa Bay Lightning. What a series. So much for that dynasty. Tampa Bay was so close. I know that they're going to be there next year, most likely trying to show everybody that indeed this team is a dynasty. But for now, those Colorado Avalanche deserve every bit of the celebration they are receiving today, winning the Stanley Cup. Kudos to them. Great team they put together, led by Nathan McKinnon. It will be interesting to see how this team develops moving forward. But for now, congratulations on being the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Now on to the NFL. This week, big news coming out of Tampa Bay. Rob Gronkowski announcing his retirement. Yes, he is again retiring from the NFL. Is this actually a retirement? Is this just Rob being Rob, not being 100% committed to investing himself for training camp? We all know that the rapport and with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski doesn't take a lot for them to get on the same page very, very quick. Uh, but for now, he leaves the NFL with 9,236 yards and 92 touchdown reception. Wow, if this is it, what a career guaranteed to be in the Hall of Fame. But again, I'm just, I'm not buying it. I think that Rob Gronkowski uh, is in a kind of like a trickster who likes to party a lot and expect to him at the very least to be back with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers sometime mid-season next year especially if Tampa Bay starts off the gate very slow. They're going to be looking for answers somewhere. Rob Gronkowski might get an extra $5 million. Who knows what exactly is going on in Tampa Bay, but I'm not buying it. I expect Rob Gronkowski, yes, to be playing again this year. However, if that would not be the case, what does Tampa Bay have? Well, currently, unfortunately, Chris Godwin is expected to start the season on the PUP list, which would leave plenty of opportunity to guys like Russell Gage to cement himself as a really great football player in the NFL. It's going to be tough. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but when you have obviously Tom Brady as your quarterback, it just makes it that much easier. Chris Godwin is by far one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So it's not like he's going to have easy shoes to fill, but I expect Russell Gage to do some damage with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you have a guy like Mike Evans on the opposite side who draws double coverage, specifically in the end zone, look for Russell Gage to potentially have a few touchdowns early in the season. And uh, as for Tom Brady, I mean, Tom's looking good. You know, he's spending his, his off season as usual, relaxing in the sun. He seems like a guy that doesn't even need to train anymore. You just put him on the field. I don't know how this guy does it. Must be the way that he eats. It must be the way that he prepares game in and game out. He's the true definition of a premium quarterback that we'll probably never get the opportunity to see again. So it'll be nice to see him one last time, potentially in the NFL. Who knows the guy, if he wins the Super Bowl, don't be surprised if he stays. 
But behind Tom Brady, we, we talked about it last week. There's not that much remaining. Uh, Blaine Gabbert looks to be the front runner as a backup quarterback. And if we see Blaine Gabbert at all this year, expect to pack it up pretty darn quick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I, I firmly believe there's some you know wins to be had in the division. I think that the New Orleans Saints might be starting the season without Alvin Kamara for about six games. That could have a disastrous effect. On that offense without Kamara, we all know it will be hard to rely solely on Jameis Winston to be that guy. We know that the New Orleans Saints have a great defense with uh, Cameron Jordan, Demarius Davis, who they just signed for a one-year contract, which will definitely help that defense. And we talked about Tyron Matthew joining this football team. So this team will be loaded on defense. It's whether or not they can be able to score points uh, in that offense. And maybe give an opportunity for a team like Carolina to rise in that division. That was my darling last year. And unfortunately they still haven't sorted out their quarterback situation, but news out of Carolina is that Terrace Marshall jr. Is blossoming during mini camp right now. This is a guy that I had pegged as a breakout star in his rookie season. It wasn't the case as Sam Darnold was just atrocious last year. However, if a guy like Baker Mayfield, you know, gets an opportunity to play for Carolina this year, or maybe even uh, our friend Jeremy Garoppolo, expect for a guy like Terrace Marshall to be the beneficiary. Keep an eye on him. Uh, that division, I'm telling you, it's still up for grabs this year. I think we're going to see a lot of movement, and we'll have to wait and see. On to another signing. The commander signed Terry McLaren to a three-year, $71 million contract extension with a guaranteed $28 million bonus. I'm sorry, folks. I just don't like this contract whatsoever. I think they caved in to Terry McLaren's demands. I talked about it a few weeks ago. I don't think this guy has put the stats up uh, to be this premium number one wide receiver in the NFL. As a matter of fact, in his absence, we spoke about it a few weeks ago that Johan Dotson is really elevating his game. Well, the way that I had Johan pegged in the beginning of the season was a great, phenomenal number two receiver. Well, looks like with Terry McLaurin being back, Johan Dotson will get plenty of opportunities to be that number two. This Washington football team, to be honest with you, I am not 100% with this team. There's a lot of distraction happening from management with Ron Rivera getting fine and Jack Del Rio getting fine. This team does not look focused coming into training camp in August. And with guys like Chase Young potentially starting the season on the PUP list, if that's the case, I don't expect this team to be thriving in that division anytime soon. The one great highlight that it can bring forth is Brian Robinson running back out of Alabama will be a phenomenal complimentary back to Antonio Gibson. This Brian Robinson fella, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you he's going to get the goal line carries, which might hurt Antonio Gibson's, you know, production as a fantasy player. But if you want a great handcuff, get yourself some Brian Robinson. I really feel strongly about this running back. It's about the only amazing thing happening this year, in my opinion, uh, other than obviously we talked about Johan Dotson. These two players could be the silver lining to a Washington commander season that probably will be at best an eight and eight or eight and nine season. Speaking of great running back duos, I'm really enjoying what's happening with the Giants backfield. 
Uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago there as well, that Shaquan Barkley is, uh, you know, going to rev up as a wide receiver. But a guy like Matt Breda, who was not used heavily in Buffalo last year, has ended up in this New York Giants offense. And I can see this good old thunder and lightning happening again. We've seen this happen with Tiki Barber, whether it be Ron Dade, Brandon Jacobs, or Ahmad Bradshaw, there was always someone there spelling out Tiki Barber's name as being the Thunder. This could be the new Thunder and Lightning, Saquon Barkley and Matt Breda. Keep an eye on those two guys during the entire season. I think that this offense is going to be predominantly a passing offense. However, whenever they're going to have to run, because they're going to need to run specifically when it gets cold up in New York, these two guys look for them to excel with those giants this year right across the river in new jersey we got ourselves our new york jets doing the same kind of combo as a thundering lightning that we've seen this time they're bringing in Brees hall and michael carter to come and help support the running game uh, for those new york jets i'm not sure if this is going to be successful i think that this offense really is anemic in terms of the wide receiver position they drafted a big rookie, Garrett Wilson. I'm not 100% sold on him, specifically his height. I think it could be obviously an issue when you have a guy like Zach Wilson being the quarterback up there. That's a kind of like a very smaller quarterback that I'm, I'm not buying at all in those New York Jets. So for me, what I would like to see, believe it or not, I would love to see Joe Flacco get you know his last curtain call midway through the season. If ever this team is somewhat 500, Zach Wilson were to get hurt, I could see Joe Flacco, yes, old man Flacco, coming in, being the old veteran, savvy quarterback that's won a Super Bowl and doing just enough to win football games and squeaking them out. I believe that Robert Saleh is a fantastic coach, more on the defensive side, and he can get this defense playing very strong in a division that's up for grabs. But when you have the running team or the running tandem of Brees Hall and Michael Carter supporting you as a quarterback, wow, this is going to be something to keep an eye on. I was huge on Mechie Becton, right tackle for the Jets coming into the draft. And I still believe that this guy is a tank that you can run behind. And the added guys like Connor McGovern and Lankin Tomlinson, these two guys are going to help support the running game. So we'll, we'll see what happens with those Jets, but they're really doing something awfully familiar, which was like the New York Giants rushing attack mid-2000s that we got to enjoy under Eli Manning. So I said it last week, yes, between the Dolphins and the Jets, I can see either of these teams win the division. I don't think Buffalo's doing it this year. I think they're taking a step back. And as for those New England Patriots, they get the love from the media year in and year out for ratings. And I think we're going to see good old New England regress this year. I'm not buying at all what we've been hearing. Mac Jones is this great, phenomenal rookie quarterback coming into his second year that's going to play lights out. I'm not buying it. I'm sticking with my Dolphins as being ready to win now. And those Jets... If Robert Saleh can put it together in that running game, and if we could see Joe Flacco sometime midseason, 
Yes, Joe Flacco, I think, could lead this team to a division victory. We'll have to see if that comes true. But I'm banking more on those Dolphins. I think when you add Tyreek Hill to this offense, you're going to have yourself a phenomenal player that's just going to take the top off any defense and a guy like Jalen Waddell benefiting tremendously. And also keep an eye on Cedric Wilson Jr. Very, very deep sleeper in any fantasy lineup. But if Tyreek Hill's taking off the top and then they manage to get Jalen Waddell double teamed somehow, that's just going to give Cedric Wilson Jr. the opportunity to get wide open plenty of times out of the slot. So we'll see if that pans out, but that's my team, the Miami Dolphins, this year in the AFC East. Moving on, let's talk about those Seattle Seahawks. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks are still interested in Baker Mayfield, and I do believe this is the ideal spot for Baker Mayfield to land and rejuvenate his entire career up in Seattle. Seattle boasts a really good offense that I think that for whatever reason failed under Russell Wilson in his last couple of season. The obvious answer to that was because of the offensive line wasn't able to protect Russell Wilson. They went ahead and got themselves two phenomenal offensive linemen in the draft in Lucas Abraham and Charles Cross. We'll have to see if whether or not these rookies are going to be able to support whoever's going to be under the helm in Seattle. And I do believe it will be Baker Mayfield. Imagine seeing Baker Mayfield with a big target like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to take off the top. I don't think he had that type of right receivers available to him, except for maybe the exception of Jarvis Landry. I'm not a big Odell Beckham fan, and we all saw what kind of disaster Odell was in Cleveland. But if I were to put Baker Mayfield in this offense with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I do think these two wide receivers would work very well with Baker Mayfield. And I'm loving what I'm hearing about the Seattle running game and the guy that's resurrected his career and will probably be the week one running back is Rashad Penny. Yes, under the tutelage of Adrian Peterson, Rashad Penny managed to put up some massive numbers last year late in the season for those Seattle Seahawks, guaranteeing him a spot on this year's roster, in my opinion. Chris Carson, unfortunately, will not be available week one. I think that that injury is just too hard to overcome that quick. And when they drafted a guy like Kenneth Walker III as being the kind of heir apparent as a primary running back in Seattle, look for Kenneth Walker to take over this football team sometime midseason. I would assume that Rashad Penny will probably be injured considering he's had an injury-plagued career. Once Kenneth Walker III gets the torch early, wow, he will not let it go. But for now, keep an eye on Rashad Penny. I do believe that he will be a great running back to start. And I see Baker Mayfield on this football team and winning and winning early. So let's see what will happen in the quarterback situation in Seattle. But one thing's for sure, if we see Geno Smith as a week one quarterback in Seattle, we will all be breathing a sigh of what the hell. It won't be a sigh of relief. 
we will all be shaking our heads saying, what is Seattle thinking, putting Geno Smith for an entire season? But I'm not buying it. We'll have to see what Seattle is going to do. The Steelers signed their quarterback, their future, Kenny Pickett, to a four-year contract with a fifth-year option. Very nice to see the number 20th overall pick, who is going to start the season as a backup quarterback. I do see Mitch Trubinsky as being the answer early on. And if he ever were to get injured, then Kenny Pickett could come in. But other than that, I would love to see Kenny Pickett riding the bench all year long and uh, kind of learning the playbook, really getting comfortable with his teammates and not really have to worry about starting. He can even relegate himself to the third quarterback potentially on this, on this roster because Mason Rudolph currently is still there. If Mason Rudolph were to get cut, expect Kenny Pickett then obviously to, to be the number two. I want Kenny Pickett on the bench. I think that's where he belongs for now. Learn the playbook, just like Pat Mahomes did for one year up in Kansas City, letting Alex Smith run the show there for a year. The Steelers signed defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to a one-year deal. This guy's story is phenomenal. I mean, he's played for a variety of teams in the AFC North, already with Cleveland, already with Cincinnati. All he has left was the Steelers in Baltimore. Well, he signed with the Steelers on a one-year deal. He must know a lot of the teams uh, in that division very well. Great guy to have to give some good uh, feedback on your on the opponent. But his play is going to be phenomenal, a phenomenal ad. The Steelers come into the season without Stephon Tewitt, who has now retired. Ogunjobi will come in and fill that spot very well. One area the Steelers really struggled on was stopping the run last year. I expect a guy like Larry Ogunjobi to really help the Steelers out in that area. A couple players that I'm keeping an eye on this season that I expect to have a breakout year. One of them most likely will be Cam Akers with those Rams. Cam Akers is entering the season 100% and having a Super Bowl team behind him now. Yes, they're going to face premium competition all year round. But when you got yourself a Super Bowl ring, you're kind of like a bit more confident. You know what you can do. And when you're at 100%, Cam Akers will feast most likely in this division. I think you can pretty much pencil him in as a three down back. I know they have Daryl Henderson Jr. And I know also uh, they drafted Kyrene Williams that we were very big about uh, last week or in a couple of weeks ago on our show, discussing how this guy could be a breakout star in the NFL. I think that's a possibility, but I also do know that Cam Akers already is that breakout star. And on a team that has added Allen Robinson, and don't be surprised if they find a way to get OBJ back on this football team. If they do that, we can expect Cooper Cup to have a very good season. We can expect Allen Robinson also to rejuvenate his career with those Rams. But the guy that's going to be in the backfield, who is going to get most likely the most touches on this football team will be Cam Akers, whether it's in the running game, whether it's in the passing game, Cam Akers can do some damage. This guy, you want to have him on your fantasy team next year. Another interesting player 
that I'm highlighting this week is Robert Tunyon from the Green Bay Packers. What exactly is going on in Green Bay this year? Yes, they added Christian Watson as a rookie ride receiver to come help out. Yes, they added Romeo Dobbs, who I'm big on, who I think will be eventually a really good player for those Green Bay Packers, but he'll need to grow in this offense. So maybe not this year, probably in three years, which leads us to this year. Well, who's going to catch the ball up in Green Bay? I've watched Aaron Rodgers' career a long time, and I know that he will only throw the ball to the players that he has the most confidence in. And right now, those two players, in my opinion, are Randall Cobb, because even though he's really old, Aaron Rodgers knows where Randall Cobb will be. And the other guy is Robert Tunyon. I think that Tunyon has solidified a very strong relationship with Aaron Rodgers, and he could be the biggest sleeping tight end in this draft coming up this year. Keep an eye on that. I think that Aaron Rodgers is still going to throw minimum 35 touchdowns. And those 35 touchdowns have to go somewhere. I expect Robert Tunyon to be a huge beneficiary of those touchdowns. As for another team looking for answers at the right receiver position, how about those Dallas Cowboys? How about those Dallas Cowboys? What are they doing year in, year out is perplexing. I really thought this team was going to go in the right direction when they picked up Mike McCarthy as their head coach. But Mike McCarthy is getting no love. He's almost the whipping boy up in Dallas. And when something goes wrong, they don't blame Dak. They blame Mike McCarthy, which is a travesty because I think the real problem in Dallas is Dak Prescott and will continue to be Dak Prescott until Dak Prescott is out the door. However, back to that right receiver position, seeing as a guy like Michael Gallup might be out even week one, who is going to be the right receiver? The obvious answer is C.D. Lamb. The chemistry that C.D. Lamb had with Dak Prescott early on show that there could be something there, but we really didn't get it to see develop to the extent that um, we would have liked to see. We thought that CeeDee Lamb could have been Michael Irvin 2.0. That's not the case. But Jalen Tolbert, rookie ride receiver for those Dallas Cowboys, will probably make this roster as a starter if Michael Gallup ends up being injured week one. And this guy's a great route runner. So if there's a guy that could kind of help this offense, Jalen Tolbert is a guy to keep an eye on. And an old veteran that I really had an up close and personal opportunity to see was James Washington in Pittsburgh. He is now a member of those Dallas Cowboys. This guy should have been a great receiver for the Steelers and he should have had a long-term career. Unfortunately for him, he got injured a couple times and he, the Steelers drafted a few other wide receivers that kind of took away the spotlight away from James Washington. But in this offense, could he be at one point in time, the number one wide receiver? I know that's saying a lot coming from a third string wide receiver, entering a team and vaulting your way to number one will be hard to do. But what I did like about James Washington the most was his hands and his reliability. 
when you need to convert on a third down, there's no better option to throw to than James Washington. At least I'm a fan. Let's see what he can do. Staying in that division, I want to talk about today about those Philadelphia Eagles. I talked about it last week as this team is a mystery to me. Jalen Hurts coming into the year, year two. They added A.J. Brown. They already drafted a great wide receiver in Devontae Smith. What's going to happen now at the wide receiver position for those Philadelphia Eagles? They also brought in Zach Pascal, and they had previously drafted Jalen Rigger. On paper, this wide receiver core looks fantastic. It looks something to build on and potentially do a lot of damage within that division. It's just, there's one player that I just, again, the theme of this week is I don't buy it. And you know what? I don't buy Jalen Hurts. It's just a guy like any other quarterback that I've seen that's extremely talented at the mobile position. In other words, running the football, Jalen Hurts, granted, yes, you are hard to contain. I'll give you that. But accurate-wise, I'm not a fan whatsoever. You had an opportunity to develop some rapport with Devontae Smith. We're already taking that away by introducing A.J. Brown with his massive contract. No one's going to tell me that A.J. Brown's not going to get the most targets on this football team in comparison to how much money this guy's getting paid. And we're all banking on Jalen Hurts to actually make those statistics come true? No way. Expect Jalen Hurts to be hurt by week three. And the guy that could become a star in the NFL is Gardner Minshew. Yes, I'm a fan. Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania. This team is loaded for Gardner Minshew to thrive and really take over this football team. And you know what? You got yourself a really good pocket quarterback in Carson Strong, who I scouted, and I don't know why he fell so late. It it was mind-boggling that that was the situation, but it is what it is. Carson Strong ended up as the number three quarterback on this football team. If both these quarterbacks were to get hurt, wow, would it be ever interesting to see a pocket quarterback like Carson Strong getting an opportunity to just throw a variety of different throws to that great wide receiving core. But unfortunately, like many other teams in the NFL, I'm just not a fan of these hybrid quarterbacks. They got another one here in Jalen Hurts. My quarterbacks, I like the shotgun quarterback. I like a guy that just focuses solely on trying to find his wide receivers to the very last second, and then he takes the sack. I don't like it when a a hybrid quarterback, he sees his first read, is not open. He just automatically, his instincts goes towards his legs and says, I have to run this football. I think that's just a lack of ability to master the art of reading a defense and a shotgun quarterback. It's like he absolutely needs that skill. And that's why I prefer that kind of quarterback more than a hybrid quarterback. However, the way that this new NFL is designed with player safety and all, we're bound to see a quarterback that's a hybrid quarterback that's just going to rip the roof off. And that guy to me is Lamar Jackson. I know we have Russell Wilson that won a Super Bowl, and you could probably classify him maybe as a hybrid quarterback. I still love the way that Russell Wilson delivers the ball very late. And so I wouldn't classify him solely as a hybrid quarterback. He's just a really good quarterback. 
one that will probably be in the Hall of Fame one day. But as a hybrid, I got to go with Lamar Jackson. Yes, Lamar Jackson. This, I think, will be his year. I've been flip-flopping with this team all offseason. I was very frustrated with regards to the direction of Lamar Jackson's contract and whether or not he was going to be signed, the pressure that was being put on him. But now that I say that Lamar is free, Lamar is going to transform this football team this year all the way to the AFC Championship. I'm calling it now. The Baltimore Ravens will be in the AFC Championship this year. You can mark my words. We talked about last week how the Baltimore Ravens added Tyler Linderbaum. I think that that guy will open holes for that rushing game. And we know that when you're breaking records in Baltimore, you're doing something good. John Harbaugh is the head coach up there. He knows what he's doing. But what I love is how they're going to be able to support this plan with the defensive players they added. David Ajabo, rushing linebacker for those Ravens, is going to rejuvenate this lock that Ray Lewis left. It will come down to David Ajabo, and I think he will not disappoint. He will be in many quarterbacks' faces this year and will be gobbling them up all over the place. And when he doesn't get the quarterback, expect the quarterback to throw and throw quick. I will only imagine that a guy like Kyle Hamilton, who if William would be here, would support me 100% Kyle Hamilton coming in and getting a lot of interceptions this year because David Ajabo will add that extra pressure. Keep an eye on those Ravens. I think that this is the team that's going to shock the entire AFC this year. They're my kind of like Cinderella coming back, led by Lamar Jackson. I don't think I've ever seen a player like Lamar being so gifted uh, with his ability to run the ball and then with his ability to just juke and make plays out of nowhere that you've just, you know, you haven't ever seen. And that's a special football player. And you, when you have this security blanket in the red zone, with Mark Andrews, that was just like, you know, when Pat Mahomes had Tyreek Hill. Well, we'll see what Pat Mahomes could do this year without Tyreek Hill. I think he'll be fine because I think he's a, a notch above Lamar in terms of his quarterback abilities. But Lamar's right behind him and he's close. And he didn't lose his security blanket. He's got himself Mark Andrews. Some might argue that Kelsey's Mahomes security blanket But, I mean, when you had a guy like Tyreek Hill taking off the top of that defense, Kelsey would have been a lot more open than Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has to fight for every single yard out there. He seems to be triple covered, and he still manages a way to find the end zone. He's a special player. Lamar's a special player. John Harbaugh is a Hall of Fame coach. Baltimore will be in the AFC Championship this year. Right before break, let's talk about one more player that I think, unfortunately, uh, it's going to be hard for him to really step out of the shadows. We have a really strong running back stable in Los Angeles right now with those Los Angeles Chargers. We have an amazing stable, and that stable will be hard to crack. But I expect Isaiah Spiller to crack it. Right now, he has... 
to vault over the following players. We talked about Austin Eckler as being a guy that's going to be pretty much the number one back up there in Los Angeles. But can he vault over Joshua Kelly? Can he vault over Larry Roundtree the third, who had some great games last year? I think he can. I think Isaiah Spiller has the dimensions to be a really good, solid three-down back. Spiller has the opportunity to take over this year in that Chargers offense, but it will take some injuries or it will take some phenomenal games by Isaiah Spiller. But I love this offense. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert, all those three players are superstars. They can take their teams at any point in time put them on their shoulder, and deliver. Add in Isaiah Spiller to sprinkle a little bit of sugar on top. He could be a breakout player in the NFL next year. Let's go talk about the Tennessee Titans. Yes, the Tennessee Titans enter the year with a lot of question marks. Will this team be the same team coming into this year? I think that for a lot of people out there, they're all ready to pass on the torch to Malik Willis. They drafted this guy. This guy fell to them. A lot of people thought he could have been the number one quarterback taken in last year's draft. I think Malik Willis will eventually take over this team, but it won't be next year. I think next year, we are still going to see Ryan Tannehill try to create a rapport with Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. I don't think Traylon Burks is going to be able to really explode like a lot of people think he will. I think that the guy will be Robert Woods being the predominant wide receiver up in Tennessee. But we talked about last week, how will Austin Hooper really rebound? Well, folks, he's already rebounded really well. And right off the bat, he's probably the favorite target for Ryan Tannehill in this offense, which is not surprising. I don't know exactly what Cleveland was doing with this player, I think that they had a horrible offensive scheme. And that's why I think Kevin Stefanski should be fired in Cleveland. You don't let a talented player on your roster just rot. And that's what Austin Hooper really was doing in Cleveland. In Cleveland, he was just rotting. He was just there. Why am I here? He didn't seem happy. The offense had no energy whatsoever. Now he enters a new environment in Tennessee. And I think from the early reports, it's already proving me right that Tannenhill, Austin Hooper combination is for real. I think that this player will be special in this offense and will complement this offense. And where is this offense going to go through is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is still the number one. Yes, I'm calling him the number one running back in the NFL. I know he's not your traditional technically three down back who can catch a lot of balls in the backfield. But I don't think there's a guy that's bigger, that's stronger than Derrick Henry in the NFL at the running back position. He truly is a one of a kind running back. And I think Ryan Tannehill can ride Henry all the way to the playoffs. Not sure how many games they can win in the playoffs. But with this football team, if you lean on Derrick Henry, you got yourself Robert Woods. And now you got yourself your secret sauce with Austin Hooper. I really think under Mike Vrabel, who's a phenomenal coach, boom, punch this team's ticket to the playoff. What's more to say about that? Other news out of Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell's offense is 
off the charts. This offense apparently is going to be a pass heavy offense. I'm not surprised. I really, I'm not surprised. The amount of wide receivers that Minnesota has this year is really strong. And if they're smart, you know, I would still throw in some cook because you need some cook. If you're not cooking, you're not going anywhere. And Dalvin cook to me is the right piece of the puzzle to build from, but Kevin O'Connell is going to be throwing it and throwing it a lot. One very deep sleeper pick would be a guy by the name of KJ Osborne. Yes. KJ Osborne, young receiver coming in as the number three behind Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Can KJ Osborne kind of find a place specifically if this offense ends up being a pass heavy offense? I will wait and see on that judgment. I think that Justin Jefferson, to me, is the number one wide receiver in this offense. I know Adam Thielen plays like the number one, but this is Justin Jefferson's offense in terms of the wide receiver position. I don't know how many TDs KJ Osborne can get. I can see a few hundred yard games, but not that much more. A sleeper sleeper pick would be Irv Smith Jr. Tight end. I think that he could be a guy that not a lot of people see coming. He was injured all last year. There's not a lot of depth at the tight end position in Minnesota with Ben Ellison and Johnny Mundant as your backup tight ends. To be honest with you, who the hell are those guys? I've never heard of them. One guy is coming from Jacksonville. The other guy is coming from the Rams. To be honest, they should have stayed home. Irv Smith Jr. will be the guy for the entire season. I think he plays 100%. And if there's something that's cooking in Minnesota is Delvin Cook and his assistant cook is Irv Smith Jr. Yes, pencil that in. Sleeper pick Irv Smith Jr. for fantasy as a tight end this year. Staying in the division, I think that the Chicago Bears this year will be a team that a lot of people are going to scratch their heads. I think one week we're going to see a team that can beat anybody on any given Sunday. And in another week, we're going to see the worst team in the NFL. It all starts with one player, and that's Justin Fields. Can Justin Fields put it all together by himself? I think he can. I think that the guy will have some remarkable games. And one guy to keep an eye on is rookie wide receiver Villas Jones Jr., Yes, I know that Darnell Mooney is the number one guy, but there's nobody else. Tajay Sharp, you know, they picked them up. They picked up Dante Pettis, a few guys here and there. But these are like fourth string wide receivers. Velas Jones Jr. is a wide receiver that's going to take the NFL potentially by storm. You know, he's not a big wide receiver. You know, he's 25 years old. Out of all the sleeper picks, this would be my deepest. I think that Velas Jones Jr., is on a team full of opportunities. He could position himself as even the number one ride receiver at the end of the season. It all depends on what kind of chemistry can Fields develop. Fields is a guy who in college spread the ball a lot across the field. He utilized his feet clearly very well as well. But I just don't think this team could just rely on one sole player, Darnell Mooney. And then the backup would be what? You got yourself... Cole Komet at the tight end position. I know this team is not going to be fantastic, but like I said, I think that certain games this year, we're going to see Chicago shock the entire NFL 
by the ability of Justin Fields to elevate his game, probably out of sheer fear running for his life. But a guy that's going to get open is Velis Jones Jr. Keep the name in your head. Deep sleeper pick. He will surpass the rest of the guys. Byron Pringle, St. Brown, Pettis, and Sharp. I don't see those guys as number two. Give the opportunity to Velis Jones Jr. as a rookie ride receiver to develop with Justin Fields. You can bank on that in Chicago. And to finish in that division, let's talk about those Detroit Lions. Those Detroit Lions. Will this be the year that the Detroit Lions finally do something? Will this be the year that this poor franchise who has been literally at the mercy of all other NFL teams, basically picking up their best players after five, after 10 years, you know, everybody leaves Detroit thinking, oh, you know, I had a great time in Detroit. It's the Motor City, but I didn't stay because I wanted to win a championship. It's time for Detroit to step it up and really build a franchise that people can be proud of in Detroit. I think they got an amazing player in Jamison Williams, rookie ride receiver out of Alabama. This guy is going to be phenomenal. This guy will be the number one ride receiver at the end of the year. I know a lot of people are saying to themselves, yeah, will he, will he be even ready mid-season? It's going to be hard, but he's got that much talent. St. Brown last year, he said, hey, man, I'm, I'm here because I'm here to take people's jobs. Well, you better watch your back, St. Brown, because when you got a guy like Jamison Williams breathing down your neck, your job's about to be on the line. And Jared Goff, if he can be Jared Goff of old, maybe year two of of his career with the Rams, maybe we can kind of get some good wide receiver action in Detroit. I think DJ Chark's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal addition to this football team. I don't know what Jacksonville was thinking to let this guy go. They made a mistake. Detroit were the beneficiaries. And the guy to open up this entire offense, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift came out as a guy who should have been succeeding right off the bat in that destroyed backfield. But Detroit's backfield has been full of running backs, timeshare, running back by committee, because they got Jamal Williams. I want to see Jamal Williams take a backseat this year. I want to see DeAndre Swift get the rock almost 300 times Could he stay healthy for getting the rock 300 times? That's a whole other topic. But I do think that DeAndre Swift can be the number one back in this backfield. And I think the right recipe for this offense moving forward is to concentrate on these guys. Swift, Hawkerson, Jamison Williams, and DJ Chark. If those are your main guys, and I see a Pro Bowl year from two of those guys, Detroit will make the playoffs. Yes, I talked about this team. Detroit could be the team this year that resurrects this entire franchise and puts it on the map. Yes, under Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions can do damage, can win this division, can make this playoffs if they focus on those four players. I think they will. I think they can. Chalk it up here. The Detroit Lions will be a bubble team on their way to the playoffs next year. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. You're listening to CJLO 6090 AM in Montreal. My name is Dominic Demeester. See you next week.